It's just such a joy to introduce our speaker today. Um, Bill and Nikki Kuzak are just dear friends, key leaders in Emmaus. Um, Bill is extraordinarily gifted by God, particularly prophetically. The way he hears God and walks with God is exceptional. And so when um, we were planning this series, this is the third in a series in which we're exploring the story that's given us our name, Emmaus Road. Uh, we, we, we obviously realized that we need to do a, a session on the Emmaus Way to pray. We had Hannah doing the Emmaus Way of Hospitality a couple of weeks ago. We've got um, the Emmaus Way of Evangelism, uh, Sharing Your Faith next week with Miriam Swaffield. But when we, we thought, who's the best person uh, to talk about the Emmaus way to pray, we knew immediately that it's Bill, because Bill lives this and breathes this, and he heads up the whole area of prayer uh, for us. Uh, all churches are committed to prayer, but we are committed to being a house of prayer for all nations. We're right at the heart of the 24-7 prayer movement. This is part of our DNA and our call. And I've asked Bill today not just to do some big rah-rah talk for prayer, but to talk really practically about how each one of us can take a few steps forward in our own prayer lives in the coming week. So hopefully this will be very accessible as well as inspiring. So let's just put our hands together and welcome Bill Kuzak. So we're in the Mayor's Way to pray, and I'm going to read the passage for you. And then we're just going to go for it. And we're going to, I'm going to keep it as really practical as I can, share some stories, see what God does. Does it sound like fun? Okay. Now, that same day, this is Easter Sunday, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed uh, these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked with them but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas answered him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened in these days? What things, he asked, love that. Tell me what happened to me. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied, he was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was going to be the one to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but they did not see Jesus." He said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter his glory? And then beginning with Moses and the prophets, he explained to them what he had, all that was said about him in the scriptures. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us for it's nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were our hearts not burning within us while we talked with, well, he talked with us and opened the scriptures to us? 
So, you know, Emmaus Road, we're passionate about the poor and we're passionate about prayer. Uh, we've got a prayer week coming up. Uh, on starts on Monday. We've got Kingdom Come happening this Thursday. If you've got something else booked in your diary for this Thursday, cancel it and join us in the Founders Studio. It's going to be a wild evening. I don't know what's going to happen, but that's the fun bit. So we're part of the 24-7 prayer uh, boiler room network. Prayer is right at the heart of what we do. And there's many things that we could talk about this morning when we talk about prayer. Um, but I, I want to dial it down and focus on just one thing, which is walking and talking with God. The story, the account that we have in Luke's gospel is a story of people walking and talking with God. And you know, the crazy thing was they didn't even recognize that it was him. You know, so often uh, we... Um, I think, I don't know about you, but I feel guilty. I feel like I don't pray enough. I don't pray the right kind of prayers. And, uh, and so I just want to dial down and be really practical and hopefully help some of us as we think about prayer. And I think the most important thing as we start is to recognize that prayer is not a functional thing that we do. It's a relationship with God that we have. And prayer is just the expression of that in the same way that worship is an expression of that. If you are interested in intercession, what I just say in parentheses at this point is we have just started uh, something called The Furnace, and that's going to be a community within this church who are particularly interested in and passionate about intercession. Uh, we've got a Facebook group, but do not just sign up on the Facebook page because you want to be part of another group. Uh, I'm not, we're not interested in having big numbers for the sake of big numbers. We only want people who are passionate about intercession. So if you're passionate about intercession, look up The Furnace on Facebook. Uh, but think really hard before you do it, because there's going to be an expectation that you're going to get busy praying that you're going to be standing in the gap for uh, uh, our church, for uh, the things that we care about for this uh, town, for this region, for the nation, and for the nations. So don't asked to join lightly. Anyway, back to walking and talking with God. You know, it may surprise you, but God actually enjoys your company. He wants to be with you. He's interested in what you think. And you know, more than that, he's interested in sharing with you what he thinks about certain things. Because God is deeply relational. The, the Godhead, the Trinity, is made up of the Godhead in relationship with itself. There's so many examples in the Scriptures of God talking to people like they're his friends. Shall I hide from Moses this thing that I'm about to do? He wants to share his heart with his friends. Exodus 33, 11. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. John 15, 15, one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. I, have no, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. Okay, so we've got the theory. God wants to be our friends. But what does that look like? How do we do that? How does that work when we've got crazy busy lives? So many of us. The first thing I want to say is this. Get over your guilt. Get over your guilt. I don't know about you, but I feel guilty all the time that I haven't spent enough time praying. I haven't spent enough time being with God. I haven't spent enough time praying for the world. I feel guilty often about my prayer life. I feel this morning that God wants to say, get over your guilt. God does not want us spending time with him because we feel guilty. 
He wants us spending time with him because he loves us and he wants us to love him and enjoy his company. He is the best company that I could ever share. He is brilliant company. He's got like a sense of humor. I'll tell you more stories about that later, but he has a sense of humor. He's a fun, he's fun to be with. Secondly, having got over your guilt, talk to him like you'd talk to anybody else. I, I, I was um, meeting with um, someone in, uh, in, in a part of another denomination, quite happened another denomination. He started to pray, and the weirdest thing happened. He went from talking like a normal person to talking with some weird voice. Like somehow this was, you know, the moment became more sacred and more holy if he, oh Lord, oh, Father. It was kind of like, you know, Lawrence Olivia, these kind of pauses that were kind of pregnant with meaning, except I couldn't work out for the life of me why. So talk to him normally like you talk to a friend. You know, when Jesus meets a clear and his companion on the road, they just download on him. They just process what's been happening. I've got a confession to make. The other day I was praying and, and I, I said, Lord, I know what's happening in Syria is really important. And I know that the refugee crisis is right out there on your urgent list. But Lord, today I'm just really worried about this thing that's happening at school with my son. And I know in the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal, but it's a big deal to me. So can we talk about it? Or, Lord, um, I'm really stressed that I've got an essay in on Monday and it's 5,000 words and I've written three. Like, please, can you help me? Like, give me the words, I'm ready. Or, Lord, I just want to talk to you about this for no other reason than friends talk about, like, nothing in particular sometimes. Pete said a few weeks ago, didn't he, that we need to talk to him and thank him for the small things as well as the big things. Now, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with emergency arrow prayers. Like, heaven knows, there's a lot of them that have come from me. But our prayer, our relationship with God has to be more than just help or SOS, or uh, Lord, I'm in the wrong exam hall at the wrong time. And the exam I'm supposed to be in started half an hour ago, help. That was actually a prayer I prayed once. You know, uh, I used to live in London, and uh, I love London. I'm a Londoner, born and bred. Um, But uh, one of the things I've loved most about moving to leafy Surrey is that my, my drive into work is twice as long and takes exactly the same amount of time, but it's really beautiful. I've gone from staring at concrete and tarmac and glass and people in a bad mood to driving through the countryside, through the Surrey Hills, and particularly autumn. I'm like, Lord, wow, thank you for autumn. Like it could have just been, you could have made it like summer's over, winter's here, suddenly the leaves all fall off the tree in in one day and that's it. But no, he paints something beautiful for us. And I say, Lord, thank you. It's so amazing. So beautiful. I just want to thank you for that. Lord, thank you that that presentation I did for work. You thank him. Lord, thank you that the presentation I did for work went well. Lord, thank you that that difficult conversation uh, that I had to have um, didn't end in disaster. Thank you for my friends, or thank you for my family, or thank you for, you know, whatever it is. But thank him. Or Lord, I want to... Lord, please help me with this presentation or please help me with this uh, relationship 
you know, this problem with a friend or whatever, but just talk to him about the big stuff and the small stuff because, you know what, if it matters to you, it matters to him. Even more practically than that, understand the stage of life that you are at. It may be that your prayer life changes like-minded. When I, was, I, I got saved when I was 16, so for, for a huge chunk of the beginning of my Christian life, I basically didn't have much to do. Uh, when I was at university, I picked all my lectures. Uh, I wasn't really interested in any of the topics, but I just put them all in, shoehorned them in, all into two days. And no, everyone knows no one goes to university on a Monday morning anyway, so that was a day and a half. Uh, and, and just to show you how serious I was about university, and this is a bad example, so please don't copy it, but I used to drive to university, and if I couldn't find a parking space, I'd just drive home again. <laughs> I had lots of time. I had lots of time to pray. So if I wanted to worship for an hour, I could just put on a worship tape. For those of you who are under the age of whatever it is, a tape is like a, this thing that you used to put in this machine, and you had to turn it over after 45 minutes, unless it was a long play tape. Uh, the sound was never quite as good. If you wanted to record over it once you'd taken the bits off the top, you had to stick sellotape on the top. Um, and, uh, and, but I had loads of time. If I wanted to worship for an hour, I could. If I wanted to pray for an hour, I could. Uh, but then what happened is I got a job. Uh, and the thing about getting a job is I had to get up slightly earlier than I was used to, which was 11 o'clock, maybe midday, sometimes on a good day when I was a student in midday. Um, I had to get up at six in the morning uh, to get to work. And, and I tried for a few weeks to do the getting up for an hour and putting on the tape. And first of all, I've noticed that my neighbours were much less warm to the idea at five in the morning than they were at 11 in the morning or midday or two o'clock in the afternoon or whatever. Uh, and secondly, by lunchtime, I was on my knees. And I'm not talking about praying on my knees. I'm just talking about the fact that I was exhausted because I'd tried to do what I'd done in a different stage of my life in, uh, the, when I was a professional person working. Then what happened was I got married. And that's even more complicated because, because I'm a night person. Like, I come alive at about 10 o'clock at night. And my best hours, uh, for just generally, are, for, uh, are between about 10 o'clock and 2 o'clock in the morning. They're just the best time. I don't know if it's because television's rubbish at that time, so you can't get distracted by what's on TV. Uh, but but I'm, I'm a night person. I am not a morning person. You know, I sort of stagger around the house. Uh, my radar's off. I drool. I, I make no sense to anybody. I don't even understand what I'm saying. Uh, uh, it's the best time to get me to agree to do something that, I haven't, that, you, that, I, that you know I would never agree to at any other time because I won't even remember that you've asked me to do it and that I've agreed. Uh, but, but it meant that, that I couldn't have prayer times in the evening because my, you know, my wife was quite keen that we kind of, you know, uh, kept the same rhythm of the day together. So we went to bed early and we both got up early. So I had to think again about, about how I did, uh, did prayer then. And so what I'd do was I'd, I'd get up and... Um, uh, I'd read a tiny bit of scripture first thing in the morning, maybe a psalm. Uh, if it was a long psalm, a couple of verses of the psalm, and I'd say, Lord, please speak to me. God primarily speaks through the Bible, through the scriptures. Often he would, and I'd say, Lord, please help me to remember this until lunchtime. At lunchtime, I'd disappear. I'd sneak off in the, to the loo, I'd, uh, and, I'd, and I'd read another little scripture, and I'd say another, uh, 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 I'd do a couple more minutes prayer. Then at the end of the day, I got home before my wife did because she worked far, far harder than I did. Uh, I'd have a, a, little bit, a little bit of time then, not very long, but just I broke it up. Then what happened is I had children. And now, if you, if you have had children, or you have children, you know it's like living with a terrorist. 
Basically, they're not interested in your time with God. They will wake you up at five in the morning, four, if you're lucky. They'll wake you up at three in the morning. They'll scream and they'll cry. You could survive an SAS selection process just on the basis you've, suffered, you've dealt with sleep deprivation and white noise. So you have to think at that stage of your life, and for those of you who aren't at that stage of your life, just be aware that it will happen. You have to think differently. You have, to, you have to jig, mix it all up again because you can't do the hour or the half hour, the 15 minutes or whatever it is. You just have to do it slightly differently. And you need to cut yourself some slack and recognize that it's a stage of life you're in. It won't last forever. Be thankful for it and pray that you'll get through it. <laughs> Be realistic about the amount of time that, that you can pray. Be realistic about your personality. So when I first got saved, someone said to me, I should try and pray for 20 minutes a day. Like, I'd never prayed for more than like two words, help. God, you know, God, if you're there, help. That's more than two words, but you get the gist. Uh, so the first 15 seconds were great. The next 19 minutes, 45 seconds were agony. Because I didn't know what to pray about. I didn't know what to, no one taught me how to pray. So be realistic, but also understand your personality. Now, by nature, I, my... Um, my mind shoots off in all sorts of different directions all the time. I'm really easily distracted. So don't try and copy. Now, I've got friends who are the most disciplined, list-orientated, organized people I know. I'm just not one of them. And if I try and copy the way that they do prayer, I'm just going to come unstuck because that's not my personality type. The great, what I love about 24-7 prayer rooms is there's loads to do. You can sit quietly, you can put some music on and jump around. I try not to sing because Jesus normally leaves the room when I start singing. Um, I can draw, I can, you know, do whatever. I can, it works for me, for my personality. So understand your personality and give yourself a break. Don't try and copy how someone else does prayer because we're all different and we relate to God differently. Know what your distractions are. Mine is the TV. I don't know how many times I've said to God, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. I just wish I had more time to spend with you. Uh, my life's so busy. I'm just so tired. And, and then I've sat and watched rubbish on TV for like three hours. All I need to do is not turn the telly on. And I've suddenly got slightly more time. I'm not saying don't watch TV. Um, but what I'm saying is just recognize that for you it may not be TV. It may be something else. It may be, uh, it could be anything. But recognize what the things are that can distract you from spending time with God and decide what your priority is. And I'm not trying to give you a guilt trip in saying that, but just work out, you know, what's important. Is it, sometimes it's just important to sit in front of the television and to turn the world off, dial it out. Other times it's important that actually, you know, we spend a little bit of time with God. Uh, you know, you work it out. Prioritize being in his presence. Cleopas and his companion were in the presence of Jesus and they didn't even realize. You know, God often comes quietly. He doesn't make a grand entrance. The amazing thing about God is he hides himself in the ordinary most of the time. Not all of the time, but most of the time. Walking along the road, they're talking. This stranger comes and he just asks them questions. God loves asking. The thing about God, he loves asking questions. What do you think about this? And you say, well, that's interesting. I wonder what you think. Why don't you tell me what you think about that? 
He hid himself in the ordinary. They're just walking down the road. There's nothing particularly holy or sacred about the moment. When Moses encounters God in the burning bush, there's nothing unusual about a burning bush. That's not the miracle. That like, happens all the time. You know, bush, desert, hot weather, combustion. It's the fact that the bush was on fire, but it wasn't burning. And, and there was something hidden in the ordinary that Moses could have missed. But it's like God just dropped enough there to, to catch his attention. And then it's up to us to decide what we do, whether we uh, pick him up on that. For me, one of the most effective times for me to pray for other people is in the gym. Because basically, uh, 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 my mind is blank. I'm so tired normally, and I normally go to the gym first in the morning. So I'll I'll do a bit of exercise, and someone will come to mind, so Lord, I'll pray for them, whatever. And then I'll do something else, and then someone else will come to mind. And it's just using the time that we have so it doesn't become empty time. You know, how often have, have you gone for a run and people pop into your mind? Well, if they pop into your mind, pray for them. They may even thank you for that. But I want to I prioritize the presence of God. You know, every morning I pray the same prayer. And it's, Lord, um, help me to live today in the conscious knowledge of the reality of your presence, which is a tongue twister in itself. But I say, Lord, I want to seek you, I want to speak you, and I want to leak you everywhere I go today. I want to seek you, I want to speak on your behalf today, and I want everywhere I go to be different because I've been there. That's the prayer. It doesn't always work like that, but that's the intention. For me, because I get distracted easily, I have to constantly go back to the source to be reminded. So for me, one of the things I do is uh, I'll be at home and I'll just disappear to Lou. I'll shut the door. Lord, please just help me to encounter your presence again. I need your presence again. It's really important when you do that to lock the door. Because if you have friends come around and they open the door to the loo and you're stood there with your hands out and your eyes closed like this, they wonder what on earth you're doing. So do lock the door. But, you know, find places where you can reconnect with God on a regular basis. You know, maybe you, you get a train to work first thing in the morning or, or maybe you're on a you know, school run. Now, if you're on a school run, run the, the, the school lift run, but as you've got children, the whole way there is, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. You know, I think I've, oh, we've forgotten the trainers. Oh, my goodness. Uh, on the way home, I thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, thank you, God. Use those times and those moments to just encounter his presence, to be reminded of his presence again. Ask him to help you become more aware of his presence. Sometimes he comes close because he just wants to hang out with you. He is relational. He just enjoys your company, like I said. Other times he comes because he wants to hear what's on your heart. And other times he wants to come to share what's on his heart. It's always good to ask him. Whenever I sense his presence, I always say, Lord, why are you here? Why are you here? And sometimes he says, I just want to hang out. I've noticed for me particularly, um, he often, like I suddenly sense his presence in the car. I don't pull over and have a worship session. I just carry on driving. Thank you for your presence. And I just start talking about random stuff. And I said to I literally said, I, I never knew why that was. And I asked him yesterday. I said, Lord, why is it? I was preparing this talk. I was like, Lord, I just need to know, why is it you often seem to come and hang out with me while I'm in the car? And his answer was this. He said, sometimes it's the only time I can get you on your own. Well, thank you, Lord. Amazing. You want to come and hang out with me when it works for me as well as when it works for you. 
Recognize his voice as you become uh, aware of his presence. In John 10, 27, Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. If it's biblical and it's loving and it's encouraging, I want to encourage you, rather than thinking it's probably not God, there's a strong chance it might be God. Yeah. All that happens is like when, I, when, I, when, when God speaks to me, the deal is I made a deal with God. I said, Lord, if you say it and you, and you tell me to share it, I'll share it. I don't mind looking stupid. I don't mind being wrong. And, and the, the bottom line is, as long as it's loving and encouraging, the worst that can happen is someone can be encouraged. And nobody has ever died. Nobody has died. It's just having the courage, like Peter did this morning, uh, like the other person did this morning, to just get up and say, I think God might be saying this, and leave it to other people to weigh it. Most of the God time, God speaks in a whisper. I have a quiet, my quiet time. Uh, I either like going for walks, partly because it deals with my distracted nature. Uh, secondly, if I sit down for too long, I tend to fall asleep. Um, but uh, but I, I do have a chair in my office, and I sit down, and I set another chair opposite me. And someone suggested that to me a number of years ago, and it really works for me, because it means when I'm tempted to get stretched and open my eyes, there's a chair, there's someone sitting in the chair. I mean, they're not, you know, Jesus is sitting in the chair, I just can't see him most of the time. Um, but the other day, I walked into my room, shut the door, sat on, sat on the other chair, and God said to me, you're sat in my chair. It's, it's not going to change the world. But that's the kind of thing a friend might say, oi, you're in my chair. Uh, 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 a few days ago, I'm, like, I'm in the middle of having a time of prayer at the moment. I said, Lord, you seem to have disappeared. He goes, I'm waiting for you outside. Let's go for a walk. Not a big deal. As we start walking down the road, he starts showing us, I, I mean, weeping walking down the road. I think, oh, my neighbours must have thought I was mad. But he's like, I just, let's go for a walk. You're getting distracted. Let's just go for a walk. God is speaking to you all the time. It's just learning to recognise it. So I just want to um, just, just encourage you with this. How many times have you had random thoughts more than once or twice a week about somebody and then you've seen them and you've realised they've been having a really bad time or something's happened? And like, that's really weird. I've been thinking about you all week. Just, just quick show of hands if that's ever happened to you. Right. I want to suggest to you that's God. What happened if when that person came to mind, you said, okay, Lord, I've noticed just pattern here is that someone's come into my mind for no apparent reason twice in the last three days. Are you trying to say something? Well, if he is, he'll tell you. And then maybe pick up the phone and say, hey, um, I would generally start with, probably not start with, God's been speaking to me about you, but saying you were on my mind, I just wanted to find you. work out ways of communicating that doesn't freak people out. But watch how often God will use you to just to be in the right place at the right time if you're willing uh, to follow that strand where, where it goes. You know, for me, like this morning, I, I knew Peter was going to say something. I saw him as soon as he walked in the door, I, was like, I felt God saying he's going to say something later. Um, but just as an example, so, so just so you understand how it works for me, because I think this will help you. I don't get a whole download all in one go. I don't, you know, it's... It, it comes in pieces, normally in the form of something, then I ask a question, then he tells me a bit more, and then I ask a question, he tells me a bit more. So what happened is Anna came to my mind. So I'm like, that's interesting, Lord, in the middle of worship, why would Anna come to my mind? What's on your mind? He, he reminds me of the arrow thing. I'm like, is that in the Bible? Yes, it's in the Bible. So I look it up. I'm like, well, that's great, Lord, what does that mean? Well, he said, well, you know, think about how an arrow is made. So the whole thing is conversive the whole time. He says something, and it invites me to ask a question. So don't necessarily settle for the first thing that you get. You know, that's the beginning of the conversation, not the end. 
when I was um, at my last job, um, I was in this, in this staff meeting, and, you know, God loves to interrupt the ordinary. Uh, and partly because I think I've taught myself to become aware of his presence, a really good tip for that, set an alarm on your phone. If you're like me, that was every 15 minutes. If you're more disciplined and can focus for longer, what was an hour, whatever it is, every time it vibrates in your pocket, just remember the presence of God. Remember God's with you. Remember God could speak to you. Because the more we're aware of his presence, the more we're aware that he is speaking. And he's speaking all the time. So, so I'm in a staff meeting. This person comes to mind. I'm like, okay, Lord, uh, why are they on my mind? Is this so that I can pray for them? Or do you want me to say something? If you've got something to say to them, well, I've got something to say to them. Well, Lord... I can't actually see them. I can see them now, Lord. They're right the other side of the building uh, in the middle of a row. Are you sure you want me to go and say something to them? Yes, please. Okay, Lord, well, what do you want me to share? Uh, I'm not slow in keeping my promises, which is a bit from 1 Peter. Is that it? Yeah. Lord, I'm going to have to leave my row, walk all the way around the building, uh, sort of get my way into the middle of a row to tell someone that. Are you sure that's all you've got? That's all I've got. doesn't have to be profound. Doesn't have to be long, just have to share what you get and nothing more. So I, you know, do the whole thing, get there, just tap them on the shoulder. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, uh, but, but I just feel like God wants to say this. I'm not slow in keeping my promises. She looks at me and bursts into fits of laughter. I'm like, is, is that good? Is that bad? And it turned out afterwards, she said, she was about to make a big decision to move country, her and her husband. And she said, Lord, I know you, Bill hears from you, so we, I want him to come and give me a word right now. <laughs> At what point, I tap her on the thing and go, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. <laughs> she gets the message, I'm in, everyone's encouraged. And nobody died. <laughs> I, was at a, um, I was at a service, um, a few, uh, a few months ago, not here, somewhere else. And again, someone came to mind. Uh, so you know the drill, Lord, they've come to mind. What's going on? Again, it was just not, nothing particularly profound. It was just a really simple couple of sentences. So I stand up and I say, and the person's right at the back. Wait, I can't even, I think they're still there. They may have left the building, I'm not sure. So I just say this one thing. I feel a bit silly. I feel a bit vulnerable. Uh, it, it, maybe I've, I may have got it wrong, whatever. Anyway, at the end of the service, kind of almost rugby tackles me and says, I, have been, I, I was struggling with my faith, thought I was losing my faith. I said, God, if you're real, please can Bill say something to me right now. And, and the, 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 the point of me sharing that is not because I'm some great spiritual giant, because I'm really not. It's, I just made a choice that if God said something, I'd share it if he told me to. And nobody has ever died. People have often been encouraged. So I want to encourage you, in your prayer life, walk and talk with God. Talk to him like a normal person. Recognize he loves being with you, enjoys your company. He wants to hear what you think. He wants to share what he thinks. Recognize where you are in life, what's going on in your life. Give yourself a break. Recognize his presence. Let him speak to you. Don't expect a, hello, can you hear me? This is God. He speaks in a whisper. Listen for the whisper and watch what happens. The Emmaus way to pray, like Mike said in his word last week, for those of you here, he's, called that, he's calling us back to Eden to walk and talk with him as his friends. Out of that encounter, 
Cleopas and his companion were changed forever. Encounters with Jesus change everything. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you love us. You love being with us. Lord, thank you that we get to walk and talk with you as friends. Thank you for that privilege. And Lord, as, just as Cleopas and his companion encountered you, Lord, and were changed, would you change us? Would you set our hearts on fire for you? Help us, Lord, to just start with start, to just make simple changes uh, and to be expectant that you'd be with us and that you'd speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen.